Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Curate Nostalgia Podcast. It's your host, Big Will and Chill. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Big Will and Chill. And you already know you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Curate Nostalgia. That Twitter isn't like more of a meme page. This is jokes and gifts and videos. That might spark some nostalgia. And thank you for listening, man. It's still the launch week, man. Thank you for listening. Write us a five-star subscribe. We are still in launch week. And um, this time I wanted to take you to the year 2010 and take a look at one of the hottest artists and how he really started off the decade, the hard, one of the hottest artists from the decade of the 2010s, and how he really started it off. And this is his debut album. And pretty much you already know who I'm talking about. It's your boy, Drizzy Drake. You feel me? And the album was called Thank Me Later. So Thank Me Later is was uh, the debut album of Drake. It released on June 15, 2010 by Young Money Entertainment and Cash Money Records. It was produced by... 40 and Boy Wonder mostly. It features collaborations from Timbaland, Swiss Beats, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, T.I., The Dream, and Kanye West, and more. You feel me? And look, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I really fucked with this shit back in those days. So you feel me? I thought this would be the perfect album for lingerie because you know it really launched the whole the whole decade pretty much, and also it launched the career of Drake. So it was only right that, you know, for launch week, we go, we go ahead and check out Thank Me Later, and you do know that. All right, so first things first, man. Back when this uh, album first dropped in uh, 2010, I was in high school, so this album really hit me, like, right in, a, right in the smooth spot where you want an album to hit you, like, I'm more receptive to music, I'm more, like, open, I'm really looking for new artists. So Drake dropped his first debut album in my high school. So I'm really like, you know, checking for it. And I remember uh, I wasn't like a super Drake, super, super hard Drake head yet. So I wasn't like a Drake stan or anything. But, you know, I was fucking with the So Far Gone, the best I ever had. And shit. I was like, yo, this guy got a little buzz. And I remember after this album dropped, I was like, yo, this little Drake guy, he's going somewhere, man. Then he dropped fucking Take Care. And he was like, exploded onto the fucking scene as Drizzy motherfucking Drake but there you have it but yeah I remember my first time listening to this album I wasn't like super super blown away or anything but it was good enough to where I was like waiting for him to drop something else so I I, I remember it as a solid project I also remember at the time that uh yeah so basically yeah and at the time I felt like Drake was he was pretty good lyrically at the time I was like yo this nigga be dropping bars with, with Drake coming. Drake coming with fucking bar bars, man. Shit. And I also like, I think at the time we thought Drake was a pretty good singer, man. We really thought that Drake could like have the singing ability to where he can like actually drop an RB album. But now in 2020, we kind of know like, yo, nah, maybe the singing lane. It wasn't for the boy, you feel me? The boy wasn't meant to be a singer, but that rapping shit, he got down to a motherfucking science. But at the time, I was like, yo, Drake is sing, he can rap. What can't this man do? What can't this man? He can do it all. What the fuck you mean? What the fuck you mean? The man straight can do it all. But no, seriously, though. And, uh... 
the next thing you know, you will wonder, like, how has this album aged with time? And with time, I got to say that uh, it still sounds like you can still listen to it in 2020. It hasn't gone. It doesn't sound like, oh, damn, this is like a fucking decade old. I can't really fuck with this shit anymore. <laughs> like, who the fuck is trying to like, nah, there's like four or five songs that you could play in any decade and they'll still fucking ring off. And, you know, it, basically what I'm saying is, yeah, the shit didn't sound too aged. It sound aged enough to whereas, you know, like Drake got way better than what he was in 2010. But at the same time, you can still listen to it. You can still fuck with it. And you still, it still sounds modern. You feel me? And it still has that modern sound. And, you know, I'm still working on the format for this podcast. I wonder if I should do like a track by track breakdown or should I just keep it wide ranging? You know, who, who the fuck knows? But the next thing you want to know is like, was there any, was there any, how many songs are skippable? How shitty had uh, made this album a few songs shorter or anything like that? And to answer that question, I would say there's like two or three songs you could have cut. If this was like a 12 to 13 song album, it would have been perfect. But I believe it had at least like, at least 14 songs on it. So I'm thinking... Yeah, I got 14 tracks, so I'm thinking like 11 would have been perfect. But 14 was a little overkill for, you know, what Drake was trying to accomplish with this, man. And the songs I felt were the most skippable were uh, Shut It Down and Karaoke. And listen, if this is one of your favorite Drake songs, oops. (laughs) My bad. Don't be mad, but I haven't heard this album in a long-ass time. And going back, like, listen to those two tracks in particular felt like a chore i was like ah not gonna be able to do it you feel me but the best tracks the songs that still lived up in 2020 and the songs like you were like you can still ride out to and still bump at all times let's get into those real quick first and foremost the lead single off that album was called over and uh it was produced by boy wanda and look in my re-listen, this shit was still banging, man. I feel like Drake could drop this beat, like in a beat battle, he could drop this song in a beat battle or at a festival or anywhere, like a show, and a fucking crowd would go fucking crazy. Like, oh, I remember way back when, like, Drake could pull it back fucking a decade on you. You feel me? So that's that shit was kind of crazy, man. I got to give it to him. Over, that shit was... It was and uh, um, I like the video too when that shit dropped. I haven't checked it out in a long ass time. I might go look at it. Drake shaking his hand, the motherfucking Nike glove. I know y'all remember that shit though. But like I'm saying, uh, over that shit was that shit is still over with me. Another song that was one of the best tracks on the album was called Unforgettable. It was a very nostalgic song, you know. Shit was basically un motherfucking forgettable. You <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Another one was Miss Me, featuring Lil Wayne. Tell me what's really going on. Yo, that's the song that fucking Soulja Boy said Drake stole his whole motherfucking flow. Damn, Drake, you stole Soulja whole motherfucking flow, my nigga. And it give no credit. That's wild. Give my nigga Soulja some credit. But that song still rings off, baby. Lil Wayne was in rare form. This is Prime Wayne, fucking animal. This is like Drake 
it's not prime Drake quite yet, but this is Drake in his fucking bag. It was going back and forth. I fuck with that song heavily. And you know what? I might have to add it to my little playlist playlist, man. Because, you know, this is one of them songs you really forget about. So you hear it again and you're like, yo, this is one of them songs that was really played heavily back in those days. And, and you you know, you just listen to it a thousand times. But at the same time, you haven't heard it in a cool minute. So it's like, yo, brought you right back to the moment. Brought you right back to 2010, back to high school, back to wherever the fuck you was at at that time. And shit was lit. You feel me? Another song that's one of the best tracks on that album was uh, Fancy. You feel me? You haven't heard that in a long ass time. It also brought me right back. You feel me? T.I., he was in rare form, my guy. I got to give him some fucking credit, man. Swiss Beats and T.I. both fucking snapped on Fancy. So, you know, it was one of the best features on the album. Tip was in rare form. The hook was, like, mad catchy. Like, that shit's gonna have you singing that shit for, like, the next five days. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Down to the You feel me? You gonna be singing Oh, you fancy, huh? You gonna be singing that shit all fucking day for no good reason. But, yeah, T.I., he was in his fucking duff, man. He came through with a fucking solid verse. This is also, like, hungry, hungry T.I. mode. You, you feel me? You feel me? This is back when, like, those dudes you grew up with was really, really hungry, giving, like, best verses. You feel me? It was no mediocre. Uh, I don't want no mediocre. It was none of that bullshit. You feel me? This is, you know, prime tip, man. So, Fancy was another good song. And like listening back, like when I, when this first dropped in 2010, I wasn't fucking with that song. Thank me later, but listening back, and that shit was a little bopper, bopper, man. I'm not gonna hold you. This shit was a little boppy. You feel me? And Nikki, she also had a good showing on the album, man. The song was called Up All Night. It's not the best Drake and Nikki collab, but at the same time. They were in the fucking dust, man. I see where the fuck they was going with that shit. And they were going to they were going they were going good places, man. They're going good places, brother. I gotta give it to them. Yeah, shit was fucking nice, dude. And uh yeah, man. Look. Drake and Nikki are both goats in their lane. For the female rap, Nikki, you gotta give her to her, she's the goat. And for like modern day rap. Drake is the GOAT, you feel me? Like, in errors, this is Drake's era for sure, bar none, 10 years straight. And it goes right back to this album, man. Like, they were in their back. And, but the best feature on this album has to be Jay-Z, hands down. The song Light It Up, Drake brought his A-game, and, and Jay just brought, like, yo, he was deep in a fucking Birkin, baby. I'm deep in my fucking bag. He was deep in the fucking burk. He was like, oh, Drake, here's how they gonna come at you. He was like dropping gems and shit. And Drake just sitting back like, yo, where's my fucking notepad? This nigga's dropping gems. This nigga's spitting over here. But then they ended up having a little, you know, little tension. Y'all remember they had a little, little tension, little beef back and forth. We don't really know about that too much, but you know going back to this right here you gotta give it to him you gotta give him but what's the best drake and jay feature was it this one or was it the pound cake joint yeah, i gotta say uh i think i might like cause i like this one because i like the window seven bar and shit like even though it's real bad aged but if you remember that window seven campaign like 
to these niggas I'm like Windows 7 You let them tell it They'll swear they created you Like that campaign Was like one of the funniest shit Like oh I made Windows 7 Like Check that shit out on YouTube, man. Do your fucking Googles, man. I can't be just, you know, passing out all these orange pills, giving away all the fucking game when y'all can just Google that shit yourselves and shit. You feel me? I'm sitting there acting like y'all don't know how to work Google, man. Y'all, you feel me? Let me stay in my fucking Duffy, man. So, yeah, the best feature on the album was Bar None, Jay-Z. Nigga was bringing it. He was bringing a new, a new little element out of Drake. Like, Drake wasn't ready for that shit. Like, yo... Spilly the OG, OG. Okay, I see how I see how it's how it's going. You feel me? And a couple of things surprised me on this album. I'm not, I'm not gonna hold you too much. One of the most surprising thing was how many times the features brought their A game. I had to bring it back to that. Everybody that was featured on this album damn near did they fucking thing. The only uh, feature song I didn't like was the one that's featuring The Dream. That song, man, that song was garbage. Had to skip that. I don't know if I put that in the skippables or not, but if I did it, add that directly to the skippables because that shit was not it at all. But, you know, not to, like, shit on them or anything. It wasn't The Dream's fault. The song, like, sometimes the song just don't hit, man. And for me, that song was mad skippable. I'm like, yo... It didn't fit the vibe of the album at all, man. I'm like, yo, I'm waiting for this shit to get started and shit. And it's like, yo, it's about it, bruh. Okay, got nothing for you, my nigga. So I was like, all right, fuck it then, man. I guess I got to skip this shit. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> guess I just got to, yo, guess I got to skip this shit. It got nothing for me, man. Another, yeah, so the thing that surprised me the most was how the features they brought their fucking A-game is like, they somehow knew deep down inside of them that Drake might be the fucking truth. And somewhere like deep inside of their fucking body, they was like, yo, I might want to bring my A-game for this little light-skinned nigga, man. He might be the one. He might be the guy. The boy might be the boy. We never know. So they brought the A-game and shit. And I gotta give it to them, man. They uh, they they really took the album. The features really took the album over the top. The album would have been a little, a solid little project, project, project without the features. But with features included, the shit was bumping. My nigga, I ain't gonna hold you. So that's one of the things. And another thing that surprised me was the track "Find Your Love," man. I really forgot that song existed. I'm not going to hold you, but going back and listening to the song, it really, it really like showed you the path that Drake was eventually going to take with his music. Like he's real melodic on that record and shit. He real melodic like, I better find your love. You know, y'all know y'all hear my vocals, man, but let me, I better find your heart. I better find your loving. You feel me? That shit was a little poppy popper. It was one of his first songs with the Caribbean vibes, and it's also like his first foray, foray into the little fucking m- melodic sound and shit. So it was really like it really like gave a glimpse of what would eventually come from Drizzy, man. So this album showed a lot of a lot of different sides of Drake, man. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. And that Find Your Loving song, man, I don't know. I might have to spin it around a few more times, you know. Maybe spin a block. Maybe see if I had to add that shit back to my playlist too. That shit was kind of slapping. I'm not going to hold you. And I feel like, man, this is another one of the albums that could have dropped at any time. Drake could have dropped this shit in 1970. will pop 80, 90, up into the 2000. You feel me? He could have dropped at any time. 
and this shit would have been a pretty good slapper. I'm about to get that shit a certified two thumbs up, man. Honestly, Drake was in his fucking duff, bro. And it led to some some of the most classic niggas that we ever motherfucking heard. And I'm just talking about Drake's motherfucking self, man. You feel me? Damn, man. I didn't even make time, but you know. <laughs> Shit. But that was it for the fucking album, bro. 